You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. For those of you who are unaware, I, I really love Christmas. I'm a bit of a Christmas fanatic. Um, we set up our Christmas tree in mid-December this year. Uh, thanks to having children, I was able to negotiate with my wife to get a two-week advance on the Christmas tree set up. So that was exciting. And uh, we got our lights up and we are playing Christmas carols. We got our Christmas carol playlist. It's pumping and um, heading into the Christmas season. Uh, just excited. And I guess I love Christmas uh, because I like, I like presents. <laughs> when can we be real in church, right? Like, I love presents. I love the joy that comes with presents. Uh, like, I love the excitement. I love looking at the surprise under the tree and going, I wonder what that is. I also love being a, a, a giver. And this isn't like, you know, uh, making myself seem, seem really awesome. I, I love creating suspense around, because I like drama. Uh, God's working on it in my life. But I, I love drama. And sometimes I create drama because I don't have enough in my life. And that's not helpful. But I love creating this suspense around the giving of a present. Right, like my dream is to one day um, for, for Rachel's birthday, like create this incredibly day long, like scavenger hunt using like codes off of receipts where she's got to pick up like pre-purchased presents and like, I will do it one day, I haven't done it yet. But um, I just, I love the idea of the suspense around the present. And so for, for, for Christmas, obviously that's just, that's very um, enlarged and exemplified. And so I, I really love Christmas. Also I love Christmas for what it represents. Um, and obviously, the birth of Christ represents so much of what is to come with the life, death, and, and burial and resurrection of Christ. And so the reason that the significance of Christmas is what it is, is because of what it was speaking about. That's because of what it pointed towards. Uh, I love the, the scripture where it talks about the fact that um, the, the concept around the fact that God knew the end from the beginning. Everything was pre-planned. There was a solution before there was ever an issue. Revelation tells us that the Son of Man was crucified before the foundations of the earth. This idea that the process of salvation, the process of restoration was in place, was planned, positioned and purposed prior. How was that alliteration? Prior to any fall. I just love applying that principle in my life and realising that before I approach anything, God has a solution. That before I, I have a struggle, God has the breakthrough pre-planned, pre-purchased with the blood of Christ. It's all already there. Um, and I don't know how that relates to Christmas, but I got off the tangent. But I love that Christmas points to Jesus, it points to what he's going to do for us. It points to what he, he does on, on the cross. And so we celebrate Christmas because ultimately it was the seed of freedom. It was the seed of forgiveness. It was the seed of all of the things promised through the, the Old Testament about this Messiah that was coming. It was, that was the beginning of the final chapter, or oh, middle chapter really, if you want to talk about post but the, 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 the beginning of the middle chapter, the climactic chapter of, of the love letter that is the Bible. And so as we approach Christmas, we want to unpack one of those, I guess, scriptures of the Old Testament that pointed to all that this person of Jesus was going to be. 
all that he was going to live up to, all that he was going to walk planet Earth as. And so this morning, I had a great privilege in kicking off our Christmas Advent season series, which is very exciting. And uh, it's called A Son is Given. A Son is Given. Who loves a good gift, right? Come on, see, all that stuff about gifts, it was all tied in. A son is given. And so if you've got a Bible with you this morning, uh, can you turn to Isaiah? Isaiah, one of the great kind of prophets who spoke about this coming Messiah. Always, always talked about, you know, this is going to happen, but. You, know, so you could say that Isaiah was the prophet of the big but. Uh, it was always but restoration, but hope, but life after, but joy coming. It's, 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 I love Isaiah for that. Just, you just got to get through the destruction first. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going we're gonna to kick things off at verse 6. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, that is absolutely fine. Uh, we have it up on the screen for you this morning, and you can follow along. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but uh, that is irrelevant in, in comparison to whatever you have in front of you. Follow along. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders. How good is it to know that the state of politics in our world, that the government, that the rulership, not just of Australia, but the world of the universe, it doesn't rest on our shoulders. I tell you, that scripture right there will preach to your peace if you let it. So often we take things onto our shoulders that are never meant to rest on our shoulders. We take on the cares and concerns of of the direction of our nation. We get all wound up and bent out of shape about where things are heading in the world and society and all these things. And we need to remember that, hang on a second, that doesn't rest on my shoulders. I don't need to carry that burden. The Bible tells me that His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Why? Because all the weight of, of, of all of the responsibility is resting on the shoulders of Jesus, not on me. Sometimes we just need to take one scripture and let it speak to us. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His ever expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule forever with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. I love this, this verse right here. There's so much in this. The passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. The passionate, you know that that God is passionately committed to your journey. He's passionately committed to your breakthrough. He's passionately committed to providing for your needs. He's passionately committed. And it says he will guarantee this. There's, There's very few things in life these days that you can guarantee. Death, taxes, they're the two that tend to come to mind. But there's very little that we can guarantee in life. But what we can guarantee is that that God is overall, in all and working through all. We can guarantee that God is amongst what is happening. That He has not just packed the boat full, pushed it off from the shore and, and, and wiped His hands of what's going on on planet Earth. No, God says that He has a passionate commitment to what is happening on planet Earth. That He has a passionate commitment to making sure that His plan and purpose comes to pass and He is willing to stand and guarantee that what He has purposed for planet Earth is going to happen. 
We can take a lot of hope from that in this season. We can take a lot of hope. There's few areas in life at the moment that we can get hope from, right? If you turn on the TV, it's very easy to lose hope. If you open up the newspaper, it's very, very easy to lose hope. But right now we can come to Scripture. We can come to the very Word of God, uh, penned by human hand, but inspired by His Holy Spirit. And we can read that God is gonna guarantee that He has a passionate commitment in your life for your future, for your kids, for your kids' kids. There is a passionate commitment that God has towards humanity. So as we unpack this this morning, can I, can I pray? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for the Jets? Is that all right? They're playing tonight. It's an important game. Father God, I thank you so much that you love us. You love humanity, your people, your family, your children. Lord, I thank you that you have a passionate commitment to the things that you have set in motion. Lord, you're not a set and forget. You're intimately involved. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak from your word, that you'd give hope from your word this morning, that you'd give joy from your word this morning. And Lord, I pray too, I wanna lift up the jets to you, Father. God, help them decimate the city tonight, Father. Lord, help them to go into that place and plunder and take back a great reward in the name of Jesus. Help us to win the premiership this year and show that we are your favourite city. Amen, amen. Come on, away games, we can... Still win. So even though this morning is obviously a celebration, it's about you guys, can I encourage you as we unpack the word, the greatest thing that you can get out of this morning is food for your soul. It's food for your spirit. It's, it's getting something from the Word of God that is going to feed you this morning, deep down in your soul. So let's, let's engage right now. Let's lean forward, not because Nate has something to say, but because God is speaking through His Word to each of us, okay? You don't necessarily need my opinions. What you need is the Word of God in your soul. And I believe He's put a word on my heart to speak. I'll do my best, but I do believe that as I speak, God will speak to you. So lean in. Be expectant, be engaged. It's going to be a great morning. Again, to our visitors, thank you for being here. Hope you get something incredible out of uh, what we believe God is saying at our church this morning. So I love to give gifts. gifts. Uh, I spoke a little bit about that. But who's had an experience of the awkward gift? Come on, loud and proud. If, if someone sat next to you, gave it to you, it's okay, they won't know. Right, like the gift where either you've given the awkward gift. Can I tell you, can I tell you a story where I've given a really awkward gift? Is that all right? Some of you won't find this awkward, but uh, some of you will find it extremely awkward. So I believe it was Christmas. Uh, I might be wrong. My wife will correct me. It's okay if, if I'm wrong. I believe it was Christmas and, and I have been on a journey. Rachel and I have been married for nine years now and, and it's taken me almost all of that time to understand that when she says she's practical, she's really practical. She's not just saying that because I'm kind of the opposite. I'm sentimental, I'm dramatic, I'm emotional, I'm nostalgic, I'm like, I'm the one that's organising, you know, there to be a hand-drawn copy of one of our wedding photos to be framed with a scripture on it and, and she's, she's the one that's buying me a USB Bluetooth speaker for our wedding anniversary. Right? That's, right, like we're, we're still giving out of who we are rather than what our, our spouse is. But we're on that journey and it's great. And so I, that wasn't the awkward gift bit, but... So, so I'm learning this and I'm, I'm stepping out on a limb, I feel like, because for me to buy a super practical gift feels like it's not a gift at all. And, and so I, I, went to, I went to, I think it was the good guys, and, um, and I was like, What's the, what is the most practical thing that Rach does? Like, I know that there's some things she likes to do and, and, and I, could, I could get a gift in that. And, and so I'm walking around and then I spotted, I spotted the Dysons, Right? <laughs> 
right? Cordless Dysons. Just, just as a side note, men, husbands, buying your wife a vacuum cleaner can come with potential, you know. So I went out on a limb, right? And, and, and so I bought, I bought this, thing, this vacuum cleaner for my wife, which was in no way saying that our house is dirty or she should clean. But very, very clearly could have, right? Could have conveyed an incredibly different message. So for me, it was incredibly awkward to wrap up and think the pinnacle of our gift giving moment, right? Like we're all together celebrating. This year I'm going to be dressed as Santa. It's a surprise. Don't tell Addy. It's going to be awesome. And, um, and, and, and so the pinnacle, right? Because you always save the best gift to last. And out comes this big box. And I'm like, oh, baby, this is for you. Like, here we go. I'm like, oh, no. I'm, like, I'm way out on the boat on this one. Like, it's a vacuum cleaner for my wife. Anyway, long story short, she opens it. It's still like the best present I've ever given you, right? Like, I nailed it. Practical, rage, score. But it was, yeah, thank you. It was incredibly awkward for me to give that gift because it took me way out of my comfort zone and in my head are all the scenarios that I think probably went through all your heads, right? Like who, what husband buys their wife a vacuum, right? That's like buying them an, a secondary sink, right? It's like it speaks the same language. You don't do those things. You, it's, so it's like buying your husband a lawnmower. It just, it's, it's saying you need to use this and use it more often. And so, and so I felt incredibly awkward giving that gift. I've also been the recipient I've also been the recipient of, um, of some awkward gifts, uh, those gifts where you unpackage it and your first kind of response is, and you do like, you kind of, you don't take that long because that length of time communicates something, right? It's like the pause communicates. But in your head, you're like, what is it? What, what does it, what does it do? Does it do something? Have you ever had one of those presents where you have no idea what it does like, at all? I love, I love, I'm, just, I'm going to give him a shout out this morning, but Andy Smorkham has one of the best awkward present stories in the world. And I'm not going to share it because it's not my story, but talk to him afterwards. It's oh, so funny. But we get these gifts sometimes and they're awkward because we don't know what they do. We have no idea what they do. And it's like, oh, wow, thanks. That's uh, heaps good. I'm going to put that over on the shelf. And next time you're at our house, I'm going to get it out so it looks like I know what to use it for. But really, I've got like a salt and pepper shaker sitting on the mantle like an ornament because I have no idea what it is. The awkward gift, right? The thing is that the, the nature of a gift is discovered in what it does, right? Like it, we, don't, we don't discover the nature of the gift if, if we can't work out what it does. In fact, I'd say that it, it actually becomes a gift in the eyes of the receiver, okay, uh, as it outworks its function. So the giver can think they're given a gift, but it's only a gift to the receiver when it starts to do something that benefits them. And as the receiver receives, it becomes a gift. As the receiver gains something from the gift, that's actually when it becomes a gift in their eyes. It's, it's not only the gift, but the benefit of its function. And we read this passage today and we're told that a son is given. Now I imagine that in the eyes of God, that wasn't an awkward gift. Right, a son is given. It's a great gift. 
right? He's, he's, he's blessing humanity with a son. To the Jewish nation, super awkward gift. They didn't know what to do with it, right? They had no idea. How to, like, what does this thing do? It's like messing with our whole political system here and uh, our whole religious belief. I don't, I don't know where to put Jesus, so I'm going to put him on a cross. Um, and so we read this scripture. It says, what, what a prophecy of hope, right? In this passage of scripture, what a prophecy of hope. A son would be given. A gift in the form of a son would be given to mankind. Jesus Christ, the greatest gift from God to humanity. But we have to ask ourselves, right? Like, why was he the greatest gift? Why do we put him up on a pedestal and celebrate so significantly the, 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 the gift that he was to mankind? Such a huge celebration about a child. Now, I've had children, and they are a celebration most of the time. But there's some time in there where you're like, I'm not so sure that this was a gift from heaven. I feel like this was more of a piece of sandpaper for all of my sharp edges as a human. So why was Jesus such a gift? It comes back to what we said. The value of a gift is seen and experienced as the gift outworks its function. So the gift that was Jesus was seen and experienced in the, the extravagant nature of, I'm going to make up a word now and you're going to be okay. Uh, extravagant nature of the giftness of Jesus was seen in his function on planet earth. It was seen as he outworked his purpose. It was seen as he went through uh, Caesarea and Galilee and all the areas that he worked. And it was as he did things, as he functioned on planet earth, that he actually became the gift that was given. Let's talk about some real life examples. Let's, let's talk about the gift that everyone loves to get and no one knows what to do with the photo in the frame. Right? Yeah. Rachel, this is the photo in the frame, right? As it's placed somewhere, it brightens. It reminds, this is me, it's nostalgic Nate talking, right? It, it brightens the room, it reminds us of good times. It captures a moment and then, and then, and then it re-expresses that moment to everyone who glances upon it. How poetic, right? And so the, the nature of the gift of the photo is seen as it functions. Now, a photo doesn't have much of a function. Its function is simply to express a moment. It's to be a reminder. But as it's done, as it does that, as we gaze upon that photo and go, oh, I remember that, that photo has performed a function and we go, that was a great gift. I received the blessing. Oh, come on. Pastor Karen would love photos. Everyone, photos for Pastor Karen. I don't know that I'm your secret Santa, but if I was, I'd get a photo. Gift number two, one of my favourite gifts, as long as I get to choose it because I'm very particular, and that is clothing, all right? Clothing, right? As we wear it, it actually becomes a gift. Sitting on the floor, it's not a gift. Definitely not if you're a teenager, leaving your clothing on the floor is not a gift to your parents. In case you're wondering, clothing that comes off into the dirty washing basket is a gift for your parents. So, amen. Come on, where are my parents at? Clothing, as we wear it, right, it covers Who's happy about that? All right, some clothing should cover more, but it covers, it protects, it enhances, it attributes style and trend. But it only does that when we wear it. It only does that when it's out working its function. And so if I have a jacket that I really like, makes me feel good, makes me feel like I'm on trend and cool and all those things that, yes, I still struggle with, okay, I still want to be cool. Um, all of those things, that's its function and therefore I feel like it was a great gift. But sitting in my closet, never looked at, never working out its purpose, if you will, never doing that, it, the value of it as a gift is minimised. This will get everyone, everyone will understand this one, chocolate. Come on. No, they don't taste good sitting on the shelf. 
Amen. Come on. No one ever tasted good chocolate with it sitting on the shelf. Rachel and I have just done No Junk November, so if you have any chocolate, it's now December, so I'm gorging again, all right? I'm getting my yo-yo diet on, and uh, December is going to be a dip, and that's okay. Uh, they, it's only as we eat the chocolate that the benefit or the beauty or the significance or the goodness or the, 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 the nature of the gift is actually experienced. A block of chocolate sitting on the shelf has very little value as a gift. The value is always found in experiencing the outworking of it. And Jesus, is, He was exactly the same. Right? It was as he outworked and lived his life, went through his death and fulfilled his resurrection and eventually his ascension, that the full expression and the full benefit and the full value of him as a gift to humanity was actually seen. Right? If he had come to planet Earth, done nothing, walked, got sick, ended up dying old age somewhere that no one knew about, the value of him as a gift to humanity would be minimal. I'm not preaching heresy, but that's the reality. If he did not outwork the function that he was placed on planet Earth for, we would not look back and go, wow, what a gift to humanity. He found, he found a way through death. He brought salvation. He brought transformation. I have a whole list of the things that, that as he outworked his function, as he performed his purpose, right, he chose to serve. He humbled himself even to death on a cross and by doing so became the gift that we now celebrate as the greatest gift to humanity. As a gift, he became the gift because of what he did. Freedom, forgiveness, healing, deliverance, peace, joy, hope, life, eternal existence for humanity, heaven, provision, power, transformation, wisdom. Like the list goes on. But if he had not outworked his purpose... We would not attribute those things to him and therefore his, his, how we viewed him as a gift would change. We would see him similar to the block of chocolate that sits on the shelf. If we never experience the benefit, the function, the outworking of what he came to actually do. I don't know about you, but no Christmas gift, no amount of chocolate, no piece of clothing has ever, I mean, some clothing gives me freedom. It's like I'm wearing nothing at all. Um, Where's my Simpsons lovers? Come on. Great Ned Flanders quote. But no Christmas gift I've ever given or ever received has ever done any of those things for me. And so they pale in in significance in contrast to the gift that Christ was to humanity. And because of what he's done, we look back and we look at the day that he arrived. We look at Christmas Day and we go, hmm, yep, he was a gift. He was a gift. He was the greatest gift, in fact. But you know, it's the same for us. It's the same for us. It's what we do for each other that causes us to be a gift. Today, we, we, we took a Sunday. And honestly, we really should probably do it more often, honour and celebrate our volunteers. We wanted to thank all of you Because what you do makes you a gift. Everyone who does something tangibly in this community to enable all that we experience, because of what you do in this community, you're a gift to this community. You're a gift to each other. 
You're a gift to the people that come in to this community to find out what is this thing, this, what is this Jesus, what is this God you believe in, what is this idea of Christianity? It is in what we do that creates this space that means that for those people, we're a gift into their life. Let me tell you when the first time I walked into a, back into a church after walking away from the first time I walked back in, the people that welcomed me, the people that took the time to ask me my name, my story, what brought me into church, I tell you, they were one of the greatest gifts to my life because they're the reason I went back the second week and heard the gospel for real. And now I stand here today doing the same thing, telling you there's a Jesus who's real, who died on a cross to, to bring life into your life. And I'm telling you that I look back and I go, wow, they were a gift because of what they did. Just like Jesus, they became a gift. And we become a gift because of what we do. I'm not going to concentrate on every, every person, so don't get offended right now. But I, there's a few that have been, that I, I get to interact with a, a weekly basis. The nursing mums team become a gift. Let me tell you, when you've got young kids, when you've got that newborn baby and, and you want to have one little moment in church where, where the all-encompassing world of newbornhood gets lifted for a second so you can breathe, so you can get a little bit of Jesus back into your spirit, that nursing mums team, I tell you, they're a gift when they serve, when they cuddle, watch, call, pat, protect our babies. They're a gift in what they do. Our car parking team, where they point and they direct, they usher, gosh, they carry umbrellas for people in the rain. Oh my goodness, Awesome. They're a gift to us as we arrive. Our welcome team, the smile, like you can come in stressed, freaking out. You can come in all sorts of, and you, you get welcome with a smile. You get welcome with a hug. I, not, not to pull out too many people here, but I love Margie Paget's hug. Come on. It just lifts my spirit. It's like the best. It's what she does becomes a gift for people. They set atmosphere. They set up practically what they do becomes a gift. Our hospitality team, they provide, they prepare, they share. Our sound, our AV teams, our worship, the list goes on. But the same thing underpins it all. We become a gift, not just by being, but by doing. Like sometimes it's appropriate to go, you're a lovely person, but I need to experience some of that for you to shift from being a lovely person to a gift in my world. We all have a lovely nature, but just like Jesus, he could have been a lovely person, but if he had not done what he was purposed to do, he would not have become a gift to humanity. We transition to being a gift to someone when we actually do something for someone. And this morning, we celebrate everybody who has chosen not just to be, but to do. We celebrate everybody who, from the smallest thing we do to the biggest thing that we do, that it is when you step out and when you do, when you choose like Jesus did to humble himself and serve, and when you put your hand up and go, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something that's gonna be a function within this incredible community. Can I tell you, you become an incredible gift, an incredible gift to everyone else that calls this community home. You become an incredible gift to the visitors that walk in. You become an incredible gift to, to everyone who interacts with what it is that you're doing. So can I say thank you to you this morning, every single person. Can we thank each other? Fantastic. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy something about Sundays? There's lots I enjoy about Sundays, but do you enjoy something about Sundays? Is there one thing that you think, you know what, I enjoy that. 
I enjoy my conversation with the guys who welcome me in the morning. Can I tell you that without people doing something, that that wouldn't be there to enjoy? Everything that is this is because of people choosing to do something. And we're all in this together and, and we don't all need to do everything and that's the beauty of it. We can partner together all doing something small and we can be a gift not just to those within our community, but we can begin to branch out and be a gift to those out in the community. What we're starting to do with our centre, our downstairs level of Victory Centre, as people begin to do things in there, they are beginning to be a gift out to those in the community. We need to understand that, that it's fantastic to be It's wonderful to be. But when we start to function, when we start to do, when we start to serve, when we start to put tangible action onto something, we shift from just being to operating as a gift into somebody's world. And I wanna do two things this morning. I wanna celebrate absolutely every single person in here who, who puts their hand to something. Every single person who has chosen to do something. Sometimes all we can manage is a small thing. Can I tell you that, that when Jesus told the parable of the talents, it didn't matter if it was small or big, it was faithfulness in doing that got celebrated. It was faithfulness in putting their hand to an operation. It was faithfulness in willing to do a function that got celebrated. It's our faithfulness in doing that makes us a gift. It's not about the size, it's not about what, it's that we are willing to do. It's that we're willing to partner. It's that we're willing to function that makes us a gift. And so I wanna celebrate everybody that does anything here this morning. I wanna celebrate you. You are awesome. You make this place what it is. You know, we talk about being the church, which is the gathered people. That's you. You make this place what it is. But on the other side of that, can I, can I put out a challenge as campus pastor? to be the church that I believe that we can be the trajectory that God has us on as a church. We need every person to be a part of it. We need every person to fulfill the function and the purpose that God has put in their heart to do, both in this community, but also in the things that we're doing and outworking in our centre. Can I challenge you that if at the moment, maybe you're new to our community and you've never been invited to be involved, You've never been invited to to have an opportunity to put your hand to something, to do something, to, to be a part of the functioning, to become the gift. Can this be your invitation? Can this maybe be that challenge that that if you've been here now for a little while and you feel like this is home, can I say we would love for you, not just to be, but we'd love for you to be a part of what we do practically. We'd love for you to be a part of a team so that you can be a gift not just to this community, but maybe to the people out out in the community that don't know Jesus, you can be a gift as well. If you're here and and maybe that resonates with you and you've never known the pathway, you haven't known how, how do I even get involved? It's super easy. Just come and talk to me after the service. I'll be down the front and uh, we're gonna be launching some incredible new things next year. But there's also some teams that I know even right now have got some opportunities in them. there's a couple that, that I wanted to let you know about just in case this resonates with you. But we had, a, we had an incredible team that meets with every new visitor. We've had a few people that with different changes have, have stepped out of that team for a season. If, you're, if you've got a heart just to meet new people, if you're one of those people that love to, to talk to someone totally new, I would love to talk to you. I would love to help you find your fit in our home our AV team, our stage managers team. There's, there's opportunities all over our, our church. There's opportunities in every sphere of what we do. 
for you to have the opportunity to be a gift to someone else, to be that person who greets the visitor, who in 10 years' time turns around and goes, wow, what a gift, because your welcome encouraged me to come back again, because your smile lifted me out of, out of a hopeless place. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.